Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show. Uh, we're going to have a, a great show for you tonight here. We're going to talk all about the NBA trade deadline as well as uh, news from all over the world of sports. Uh, before we get into anything here, uh, Rich has a quick announcement on tomorrow's uh, show. So, Rich, take that away. Uh, yeah, tomorrow the free-for-all is going to be played a little bit differently. Uh, as you all know, Peter's out of town this week or out on vacation this week. Uh, I think I'm going to have it planned out. Any fans that want to talk The Walking Dead, want to talk Better Call Sal, I'm opening the text line between now and tomorrow night so you can get your questions, comments, concerns, or anything else in the the entertainment industry as far as music. You want to talk the Grammys. You want to talk about a new movie coming out. Anything you guys want to talk about. But I do want to keep this uh, kind of geared towards a Walking Dead recap and a Better Call Sal recap. But anything else, you know, if you guys is on your mind, Go ahead and send those texts in now at 252-621-2065. That is now our new text line. Uh, We've updated it on the Spreaker website. Uh, We are still taking texts now for this show tonight. If you have anything on the NBA trade trade deadline or, you know, sports in general that you you guys want us to talk about, that'll work there. Uh, But like I said... If I don't get it, if we don't get enough text or anything else, there will be no live show tomorrow night. I'll just create a podcast. I don't have it uploaded for your listening pleasure later on Friday afternoon. Uh, we're going to. OK, Ryan, why don't we get right into this trade deadline? All right. We're going to get right into it here. Um, <clears throat> first thing anybody didn't know today was the NBA trade deadline. Uh, we didn't see any blockbuster trades go down as we. You know, everybody, I think, kind of hopes a little bit that we see that one big trade just because it's interesting, shakes things up. Uh, But we didn't see any huge trades, but definitely some ones that I think are going to help some teams for the playoff push here. Uh, I'll go over the trades real quick. Uh, I'll just go over all nine trades that happened today, and then uh, we'll break into the bigger ones because some of these really, to be honest, aren't worth talking about here. But real quick, the Utah Jazz traded a 2018 um, traded a 2018 Denver second round pick to the Atlanta Hawks for uh, Shelvin Mack and a three way trade. Atlanta traded Justin Holiday and the same second round pick to Chicago. Chicago traded Kirk uh, Heinrich to Atlanta. So that was a three way trade that happened today. Next one is Lance uh, Stephenson was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies along with a 2019 first-round pick in exchange for Jeff Green. Uh, Joel Anthony was sent to the Sixers for a second-round pick. Brian Roberts was traded to the Blazers along with a second-round pick. Uh... Randy Foyer was traded to the Thunder in exchange for DJ Augustine and Steve Novak and two second-round picks. Channing Frye was sent to the Cleveland Cavaliers, tongue twister there. Orlando received Jared Cunningham and the Cavaliers a second-round pick, and a Cavaliers second-round pick. The Blazers received Anderson Verjao and the 2018 Cavaliers first-round pick, um... 
uh, I'm, I know I'm going to slaughter this guy's name because I do it every time I say it. Uh, Donatus, <laughs> um, Monte Yunus, and uh, Marcus Thornton were traded to the Detroit Pistons in exchange for uh, Joel Anthony and the Detroit's 2016 first round pick. Uh, Jarnell Stokes was traded to the New Orleans Pelicans along with Cash. Uh, Miami received a heavily protected second round pick in the deal. So, a lot of like a low, low, lower trades, you know, guys that you don't really know much about or guys that, you know, are role players. No, no huge names we saw move we thought we might. Uh, but there's a couple that definitely caught my eye that I want to talk about real quick. The first one uh, that I think is interesting here is Channing Frye going to the Cavaliers uh, in this three-way trade here. So Cavaliers get uh, Channing Frye. Orlando gets Jared Cunningham and a second-round pick. Uh, and then the the Trailblazers get Anderson Verjao. Um In your opinion, Rich, which team uh, made out the best in this deal? Oh, man. You know, Anderson, I was actually talking to a few Cavs fans uh, earlier this afternoon, and one of them was telling me that the loss of Anderson Varejao is going to hurt that team more than than anything else. They really wanted, a lot of them wanted them to deal Kevin Love to the Celtics. That was a deal that was on the table, and apparently it it didn't come to fruition. So, oh, man. Channing Frye adds another shooter. But you're you you give a like you add a shooter, but you take away more from inside the paint. You need that rim protector, which Farajal provided. So I don't know how this is going to play out for them in the long run. And I I think the center position is more needed in the West than it is the East. I mean, you got Joakim Noah in Chicago and a few other centers that are you know that are in the East. So it may not hurt them in the long run. But I mean, Atlanta just kind of blew their freaking roster up, didn't they? Yeah, that seemed to be like the plan. Uh, that's what I was kind of expecting to see uh, Al Horford in the mix here, uh, you know, see him go somewhere, but we didn't see that trade go down. Um, I don't know. I, I was looking at this, the Cavaliers, getting rid of Verjao, um and two draft picks to get Channing Fry. I just seemed like that was a lot to give up. Uh, to me for Fry, but they need that the outside shooters. I think they definitely need to, um, some range on that team. So I understand where the thought process came from, uh, but to me it just felt like a little bit of a reach. Uh, and you know, getting rid of Verjao, uh, who has you know played with LeBron, you know, everywhere, uh, and and you know, it's kind of part of that uh, that Le- LeBron crew, if you will, that kind of follows him around from team to team. Um, I just thought it was kind of like a head scratcher that they gave up that much uh, to get this deal made. It kind of reeked of desperation, but they get the outside shooter that uh, that they wanted, obviously here. Um, but definitely, I thought that they, you know, I just think it was stretching. I was a little too much uh, to be given up for Channing Fry. Yeah, they're they're kind of putting their eggs all in one basket because how do you beat uh, Golden State? That's who they're chasing right now. They think they can. They're probably gonna win the East. I'm, I'm gonna be realistic, but to get by Golden State, you need a wing. You need the shooters. That's what Golden State will beat you with. So I guess they figured if they can go out there and get a shooter themselves, it'll add a little bit more relief to what LeBron can do with the ball and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. So I, I think it was a a decent trade, but two draft picks. Uh, I don't know about that one. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with this. Uh, what, what you said there just seems like a little too much, and it, it just, you know, uh, for what you're getting. Um, the next one I wanted to come, uh, bring up here, um, and and if you're listening out there and you want us to talk about one, we'll definitely talk about any of them uh, from. Um, actually, right now, I believe we are getting Amos in the call here. Amos, are you there? The king is healed. All right, Amos. I'll bring this up to you. We just talked about the first, uh, the first trade uh, we went into was um, the Anderson Verzhal. So uh, Channing Fry goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Orlando gets Jared Cunningham and a second round pick from the Cavaliers. Uh, the Trailblazers get Anderson Verzhal and a first round pick from the Cavaliers. Uh, we were just talking about. Uh, me and Rich both said that we thought that that was a little bit of a stretch, uh, giving that up much up for Channing Fry for the Cavaliers and giving up Verajal. Uh Do you think that this is a good trade for the Cavaliers to make? No, I'm actually glad you brought this up because <clears throat> when I seen it earlier, I thought the same thing. I was like, really? Like, is Channing Fry going to upgrade that team that much and for them to give up what they gave up? Especially getting rid of like I know Verajal, not the greatest NBA player. Probably, you probably consider him a good player. You wouldn't consider him by any <clears throat> by any means of the imagination great or anything. But I feel like with the Eastern Conference, they still use the big men, and I think Verajal, even though I mean his presence there counts for something. I think more than Fry's will, and I don't know if it's just a thing for you know maybe we'll downgrade the defense a little bit, get rid of the big man, get someone else in there, try to, you know, kind of keep up if we make it to the finals, maybe just going smaller, keep up Golden State. But to me, that that's, <laughs> that's the only thing that I, I would consider being, yeah, being a decent trade is maybe the idea is, all right, because the Bulls, let's be honest, the Bulls were supposed to be a team that was supposed to be up there with Cleveland, and they've just kind of fallen off. So Cleveland is now really the clear favorite in the Eastern Conference Golden State, unless something drastic happens, probably the clear favorite in the Western Conference. And, yeah, maybe just the idea is, okay, well, we're going to need to go smaller if we have any chance of beating the Warriors and keeping up with them on the uh, scoreboard. You know, that's a great point, too, there. Uh, We all kind of said this thing. It was a little bit of a reach. It was a little too much, and and I don't think that this was – I mean, they definitely wanted to get someone on the outside that can put the the three ball up, but it just seemed like a real reach um, for what you know what they got. Well, here's the thing, too: is if Kyrie, Kevin Love, and LeBron are all healthy, how many is Fry really going to get? Yeah, I mean that's a good that's a good question there. Well, if you're playing against Golden State, you're going to get plenty of looks on the outside shot. And I think that, and, and realistically, this is why they made that trade. They wanted to get that outside shooter just so they, because you know, we all see Golden State's going to launch the three like there's no tomorrow. You get somebody in there that can shoot the outside jumper. Maybe, like I said, maybe it just gives them the, a little bit more of an edge going up against Golden State. And I think they they made this trade expecting that they're going to win the East and have to play the Warriors. Other than that, why would you do this trade to begin with? Well, my thing, too, Golden State plays pretty disciplined defense on that part. And obviously, yes, they score amazingly, but the record also reflects that they can play some defense. 
And my thing is, is like, uh, I just don't know if he's going to make that big of a difference with a team that plays this good on both sides of the, I guess, both sides of the ball, if to be, you know, say that. Because uh, to me, at that, like, I get it. You want the outside presence. But with Golden State playing the smalls like they do so much, I'd almost rather have Verjao in there and have a guaranteed two and a rebound rather than a guy who may get me a three. Yeah, I mean, it is. You can definitely tell. I think uh, Rich nailed it on the head there that this is, you know, when we play the Warriors, um, let's just hope that, you know, it doesn't happen like last year and all the Cavaliers except for LeBron are sitting on IR at the end of the season. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, but the next one I wanted to talk about here is bring it up. Uh, Detroit's kind of set in that position um, where they're on the edge of, uh, you know, being in the playoffs, and they, they need to start making the playoff push. We're starting to get the crunch time here. Um, so the Pistons end up getting uh, Marcus Thornton here and uh, Monte Yunus, uh, and then give up uh, – Joel Anthony in a first round pick uh, for next season's draft. Um, I wanted to ask you guys: Do you think this was a smart move for Detroit? Do you think this will help them in that playoff push? Uh, oh, I'll man. take this one first. Go ahead. My thing I'm with... going to ponder this. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. See, I am too. And to me, yes, the Pistons are with this late round push and stuff. Another thing with a lot of these trades is that next year the cap is going up. And I think with a lot of these teams, yeah, there is the, you know, you can trade them in the offseason, but already now maybe you're preparing to bring in a really, really big name because next year they've already talked a player like Kevin Durant is a free agent next year. They're talking about him going somewhere and making the minimum of 30 million a year for three or four years because the coming up and next year is the year to go out and if you have money to spend break the bank on some of these guys because we all know the cap's going up next year but the year after it may go down but with those guys in there they're locked in the contracts can't be touched you can't start anything from scratch so maybe you just go ahead and you kind of get rid of some players already preparing to rebuild and make a playoff run next year Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. And it, uh, I'll, go ahead, Rich. You know, the East is, I still don't, outside of Cleveland, two through eight is wide open. So I can see, you know, you're just trying to move some pieces around, free up some cap space, like he said. No idea what the purpose of the trade was because they did give away that first-round draft pick as well. So I, apparently they feel that, you know, that, these are the pieces they need to make that one last push. And I guess everybody's trying to put their eggs all, all their Like I said, instead of once, they're putting all their eggs in one basket. So I just, you know, some of these trades just didn't make sense today. That's what I thought. That- no, I agree. I Go for it. Go for it. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just going to say that, like, Rich brings up a good point that in the Eastern Conference, it's obviously the Cavaliers and then two through eight are wide open. But I think a lot of these teams at this point, I think you're going to find few and far in between that are going, okay, we're somewhere two through eight, and we are relevant. We're going to put eight, and we're going to put eight. These guys are like, all right, point two through eight is irrelevant because of the, if Cleveland's healthy, there's no way that 
we're going to go into Cleveland and, you know, a seven-game series and beat them and have them come here because they're good. I think at this point, you're just looking for the future. Yeah, when I was looking at this, I, I saw um... – I didn't. Think, I thought this was, you know, they needed to make a move uh, to get them in that into the playoffs here to get the push into the playoffs. Um, I think, you know, expected them to make a move. Uh, the Pistons, that being, you know, because they're right at the edge, and this team does have talent. Um, uh, but you know, it. I just, I didn't know if I don't think that this was like the right move. I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of this move for them. Uh, but I don't think it's I, I don't know I don't think it's going to matter much. I still think that they're going to be right at that cusp anyway. Um, but I I, I think that uh, you know Thornton and uh, you know Montiunas are guys that can play a role for your team. We've seen them succeed before. Uh, you know they're they're in that same exact good players, uh, not great players. They can definitely play a role for your team. Can definitely improve your team. I just don't know if this was the right move for the Pistons to make. Uh, you know, I thought that they were going to try to make a little bit of a bigger move. I thought they might try to go after somebody that could make a, a bigger impact on their team. You know, trying to get into that playoff push because, you know, just getting in the first round and losing is not what you want to do. You want to make an impact. Uh, just making it's not like the goal here. And this what that felt to me is this is this is not a deep playoff run move. This is we're barely going to make it move. Yeah, I would just want to bring up another good point Amos brought up about, you know, the rise of the cap. A lot, and we talked about this last night, is one of the debate questions, would we see a big splash name? And I think a lot of us were like, no, I don't think so. But, you know, with the free agency coming up, a lot of these teams, you know, they were looking for that, You kind of looking for the, the Pau Gasol trade that happened with the Lakers, what, seven or eight years ago. That was one of the better trades that had happened, and a lot of these teams are just trying to dump salary cap is all they're doing. Nobody really wants to go out there and bring on an even bigger contract if they're trying to land someone else in the offseason, too. So, that, Good point. Good points all around here. The next one I wanted to bring up and talk about a little bit, and then after that, if you guys have any that you want to bring up and, and talk about a little bit. But as a Wizards fan, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer and bring up this trade. Um, of course, the Suns are getting Chris Humphreys uh, and Jawan Blair, and the Wizards, in turn, are getting uh, McCreef Morris. Um, do you think uh, that this is uh, that you know, Morris is worth the risk? Uh, I'm gonna ask you first. Do you think- no, I don't. And, uh, I'm because I'm going through some of these trades. Between work day and I'm trying to like follow some and are the trades that were made almost confusing. One is I don't understand some of the trades. I don't. I don't think he's worth it. I, I there's no possible pot. Like yes, okay. Most positive thing is he comes in. He is an average player for you. He kind of comes in and he maybe puts up just below average. But I just I don't think he's going to. And I don't understand why some of these. Like I get it. The only thing that makes sense is if you're looking for next year with the salary cap. Other than that, some of these trades just don't make a lick of sense, man. 
Yeah, I'm going to completely agree with you here. As a Wizards fan, I was pretty uh, disappointed to see this happen. Uh, I like the way that Chris Humphreys plays. He's kind of a, you know, a hustle guy. He plays like that. He's going to fight for rebounds. He fights the ball. He's not exceptionally talented, but he is, he is a hustle guy, and that's, you know, that's the kind of role players you need to have on your team. And I just felt like they gave up so much for Morris. Uh, I think the Suns made out big time on this. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say it's addition by subtraction, just getting Morris out. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan of this trade. I didn't think it was good. I, you know, as a Wizards fan, I was disappointed to see them uh, one give up that much, and two uh, to see you know him. Humphreys isn't going to win any championships or anything like that, but he is a, a good role player, good hustle kind of a player, and I liked uh, him being on the team. To be honest, I didn't like this trade at all. Oh, I love Chris Humphreys in Dallas. I think we had Juwan Blair last year as well, and they're both outstanding. They're 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 the type of guys that can come in and give you quality minutes. I don't know much about Markeith Morris or whatever his name is because he plays in Phoenix, so it's kind of been bottom feeders for like the last what three or four years now. No idea why Tyson Chandler decided to go there, but then again, they did pay him and a handsomely a lot of money, so. I'm going to agree with both of you guys. I don't think you trade away two quality players for some no-name. I, I just, like like Amos said, a lot of these trades did not make any sense at all. I, for one, am glad that Dallas did not, you know, Mark Cuban and Donnie Nelson say, hey, I'm not going to go get my hands dirty this year. Last year we went in and, you know, gave away all them draft picks for Rajon Rondo, wound up destroying the entire franchise. So I, I as a Mavericks fan and all my Mavericks listeners listening in, Thank you, Mark Cuban, for not doing anything wrong this uh, this trade deadline. The one thing I think the biggest benefactor out of that trade is Chris Humphreys. Because as much as he, I mean, he has been a very, very good player in the past. But I think Washington was such an up-tempo team. And I think during times this season that you kind of seen him, like, yes, he hustles, but He's like he's he's hustling because he has such an issue keeping up with that fast paced offense. Yeah, goes to Phoenix where it slows down a little bit for him, and I think that makes I think he's the biggest benefactor out of this trade is just like all right, he gets to slow down a little bit. I was going to bring this exact point up too. Is he is a hustle player, and what I meant by that is, is not like Russ, but like going after the balls. Uh, you know, he'll go after those fifty fifty balls every time. He can fight for rebounds, but he does. Right. He's not an up-and-down-the-court kind of guy. Like, don't ask him to keep up with John Wall running up and down the court. It's not going to happen. Um, I definitely think this is good for them. I think the Suns uh, get a guy that they can definitely use. I think, you know, Butler as well he can come in, as Rich said, and give you quality minutes. But I think they get a guy in Humphreys that can can make small differences in almost every game that he plays in. A lot. I said I was going to do that last one and give it up to you guys but i want to bring up this bulls trade real quick and, and talk about it with you guys because uh, i was talking about it with a friend of mine earlier today uh about who comes out on top in this trade and for everybody listening chicago bulls got it was a three-way trade between the bulls the hawks and the jazz the bulls received uh, a second round pick and justin holiday uh the atlanta hawks received uh, Kirk Henrik, and then the Jazz received Shelvin Mack. Out of these three teams, who do you think uh, is benefiting the most from this trade? Atlanta. <laughs> Kirk Henrik is a big name. I mean, he he's not a big name star, 
But, I mean, he's a quality – he's another one of them quality players. I don't know why the Bulls would give him up to back, – back to Atlanta, knowing that Derrick Rose, he, he's had the injury history. Heinrich can come in and play the two ball. You can move uh, Jimmy Butler over to the one. It just doesn't make sense. I, I don't understand why you would trade him. Why would you Why would you let Atlanta, who is now, what, the three seed in the East – and you're sitting at the seventh seed and go ahead and give them more firepower to go ahead and expand that lead on you already. It just I, I just don't get it today. I didn't understand any of these trades today. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you here. Yeah, no, I'm going to absolutely agree with that too. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just it didn't make sense to me. I had a friend of mine that me and we're talking ahead, about man. it. And he, yeah, he's a fan of uh, Shelvin Mack, and he's just like he's better than you think, man. He's better than you think. And I've seen him play, and he he does. Uh, I think he is a little bit better, and he's a name you don't hear a lot, but he is a little bit better. And I think think people think that he is, um, but I, he's not Heinrich. I, I definitely think Atlanta makes out on this. It's you know the Bulls. You know Atlanta has a solid team, and they're in that push. And it just seemed like the Bulls were like, "Come on, guys, get up here. You can be." You can come up here and beat us in the playoff, take our seating away. Like it, it just seemed like they were kind of giving up something that they definitely shouldn't give up. I didn't like this trade um, from a Bulls standpoint. Uh, for the Jazz, I think you know it's uh, you know it's it's not that bad. You're giving up uh, Justin Holiday, but you know I, I think that you're getting a guy that's uh, just as good. Yeah, um, uh, if not better, uh, probably better, and then. For Atlanta, you make out huge. I mean, this. I think you win this trade easily for for Atlanta. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Uh, like I mentioned earlier too, I think the Bulls were a team that, like I, I think they legitimately should have been Eastern Conference contenders, and I think that they just have fallen off the map so much that it's just like, all right, well, let's clear up some cap space because. Uh, they have no idea what they're going to do with Noah. Rose isn't healthy. I mean, Jimmy Butler obviously has played very well. Powell's getting up there in age. I mean, for a big man, his age playing as well as he is, you're not going to find anybody better with that certain criteria with him. And, yeah, I, Atlanta, I mean, Heinrich has been a heck of a player. Maybe not a star, not, you know, not a household name. But, God, he's been consistent. He's a guy who's came in and made some plays for them when they needed it. And, Really, I think they. I think they've just given up on the season. I really do. Yeah, I, I, I almost agree with you here. It's, it's just, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, I'm gonna let you guys now. If you two have any trades that you'd like to bring up, we can break down here. Of course, everybody at home. Uh, if you have any other trades that you want to hear us talk about, give us a text in, or have it, just want to hear your point of view heard. Uh, text us. Text in at two five two six two one two zero six five. We'd love to hear your opinions. Uh, but you guys, any trades that really caught your eye today? Well, there was none that really caught my eye, but it was the trade of that almost went down between Houston and Charlotte. Apparently, uh, Houston declined Charlotte's offer of Al Jefferson and Spencer Hawes for Dwight Howard. We all know Dwight Howard's been on the trade block, and, you know, I, I don't know why if someone offers you two players for the price of one, and, and apparently the reports are that uh, 
James Harden and Dwight Howard have been trying to get like the the franchise to, you know, they're they're trying to get them to trade each other or whatever. Like, hey, you need to trade him. Hey, you need to trade him or and, and whatnot. So it kind of surprised me that this trade didn't go down. Boston, you know, they they were in on it too a little bit, but I think I read somewhere that they didn't want to pay high price for one year rental players, which is essentially what you're getting with the White Howard. And the other thing, the Mavericks were offered a uh, mid first round draft picks, mind you, for uh, Dwight Powell and uh, rookie Justin Anderson. I'm glad that Mark Cuban didn't pull the trigger on either one of those. I think those are two centerpieces that they can build on for the future once Dirk and everybody else rolls out of town. So, I think the one that has really kind of confused me and from what I've seen on other fans of this, especially because I don't know if you guys follow Justin Forsett on Twitter or not at all, but it also came up with a thing with him, is the Lance Stevenson and the Jeff Green trade. What did you guys think about that one? I don't know if you guys already went over that or not. No, that was one that it, I saw come down, but it still made no sense at all. I, a lot of these, like we've been saying all night, none of these trades any kind of sense whatsoever. I don't know what the Clippers were thinking. So I, I actually like Lance Stevenson. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, it's just been a baffling yeah, NBA like, trade deadline day. Like I want to sit here and like bash away and just like call out the ridiculousness of it but i like i'm so flabbergasted and i just don't understand what is happening and like to be <clears throat> next year yes you're gonna have some guys good guys who are free agents but there's not that many so it seems like you have so many teams getting rid of players a lot for the salary cap space and the fact that next year that they can't like some of these contracts they can't restructure they can't break down from scratch and then rebuild and i'm you got all these teams who are just breaking the bank and the trade to get rid of all these people to make room for next year with so limited guys. And it makes you wonder if, if they don't get some of these guys then they're just going to be sitting there like, well, damn, we messed up. This one. I, yeah. I didn't like this one either. Um, I just think Jeff green almost feels like a smaller version of what we saw. Um, from Jeremy Lin, like he had like the two weeks last year where everybody was talking about Jeff Green because he had good games, and then it kind of sl- slowly went away, and he kind of went back to the player that he actually is. Um, and he, I think he is a great player and like a good player. Don't get me wrong, um, but it definitely seemed like everybody was high on him. And then, um, but I, like just like Rich said, I like Lance Stevenson. I think you get a first round pick along with that. This was a good trade uh, for Memphis to make. I think that they made out on this one. It just didn't make sense from the other side to me. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I just, you know, I think another part of this is that the trade deadline, like I get it, and they say it's halfway through the season, but teams have already played like 50 games. There's only like 30-something games left, or 20-something. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, like 30. And it's, like at this point, these teams are just trained to get rid of players because they got nothing to go for. I would like to personally, I'd like to see the trade deadline moved up to where when these guys are making these trades, it's a little more or less. All right, well, let's just try to free up some cap space. And it's like, all right, we're still competing. Let's get some people in here to push us over the hill. 
That's exactly right. I think that you, you expect, being in the position that these players are in, you kind of expect them, uh, or the the teams, excuse me, you kind of expect them to go for the, the weak teams to try to, you know, maybe get rid of a, a good player to try to get, like, cap space or maybe uh, some some picks so they can restructure their team and the strong teams to go after these good players so they have uh, a better playoff team, you know. You, that's what you expect to happen, but all you see happen is cap space. That's, that's all I, I was going to bring this up, too. Um, you read my mind tonight. Pick in my pocket over there, Amos. Is it, it just seemed like today was all about green. That's all it was. It was all about the money. People just trying to make some room, cap space. Uh, it just and the, we didn't see any big trades, which always is, as I've said, disappointed. You kind of wanted to see the big trade go down. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it just it just seemed like it was all about cap space. Today. That's all anybody was worried about. See, I thought a trade. Now, I was talking to a guy about this last night, and he completely disagreed. And fair enough, like. I will watch. I usually watch basketball when it comes more down to like I watch the draft. I'll kind of pay attention to where players go in the off season, and then I watch the playoffs. But I thought that a trade that might happen would have been Kevin Love going to the Celtics, Howard going to um, the Cavaliers, and then Houston receiving like Mozgov and maybe a pick and another player or something like that. I think maybe then that trade kind of makes sense because Dwight Howard going into Cleveland, he, he's, he already knows that he's not the guy. He just It's not going to happen no matter how hard he tries. It's LeBron. Celtics would get Kevin Love, somebody who they may not make a playoff run this time, but it's definitely somebody who can help their team in the, you know, in the future, something they can kind of build off of, not necessarily build around. And then Houston kind of gets a fresh scratch, gets rid of Dwight, and maybe then go somewhere or go after someone like Kevin Durant, try to break the bank on him next year. The the funny thing about all this is, is you just mentioned Dwight Howard. He's got a player option on his contract. I think it's safe to say that it's going to be another summer of the stupidity of where is Dwight Howard going to go. I mean, he, he, my God, we were talking about this last night. He complained when he was in Orlando, got his way traded out of Orlando to the Lakers. Contract was up in LA. Guy was in free agency, had his choice of where he wanted to go. I think he was down between, what was it? It was, uh, came down to uh, Dallas and Houston, and it was Chandler Parsons that brought him into Houston. And then that same summer, he got recruited like the very next year or whatever, Chandler Parsons bolted to go to Dallas. So, I would not be surprised, honestly, when next season rolls around, the Jaja Pachulia is going to be gone from Dallas, and somehow, some way, McEwen is going to get Dwight Howard like he did with uh, uh, Deron Williams at a relatively cheap price. I'm not, I'm, I'm not for Dwight Howard going to Dallas, but Mark Cuban loves get loves bargain shopping for whatever reason. Doesn't want to pay the the free agents. That's I was going to bring this up. I think the best place for Dwight. Is, oh. Go ahead, go up, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think the best place for Dwight to go, personally, I think uh, Charlotte, right? Is that the team Jordan owns, Charlotte? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the one I, that he was, was, he was sure. about to get traded to today. Yeah, I think that's his best option. I really, really do. Because I think not only is he going to go in there knowing that, you know, 
he's not the big man in Charlotte, even though Michael Jordan's retired. He's still the guy that he's going to deal with. And I think Jordan's the best guy to install inside of him. Like, hey, man, it is not about you. It's about the team, and it's about winning championships. If you want to be a part of that, you're welcome here. If not, good luck trying to find somewhere else who's going to pay you as much as you want to be paid. That's what I was going to bring up here with See, Dwight. I, I don't think. Uh, I was going to bring this I up. I was just going to say real quickly. No, go for it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say this real quickly. <laughs> I was going to say this real quickly. I don't think that Dwight Howard going to Houston would be a wise decision on Jordan's part simply because you drafted Frank Kaminsky from Wisconsin and the uh, from the NBA draft, and they're saying he's having a really, really great season so far as a rookie coming off the bench. So, I mean, you, you bring in Dwight Howard for, what, a year or two, maybe just to groom Kaminsky. But, I mean, you don't draft a center in the first round and then go out and get a veteran to, and then still have that center come off the bench. So, I just don't think he's going to wind up in Charlotte at all unless they chase him in the offseason. Like somebody gonna pay him, overpay him. That's, I was gonna bring this up. I wanted to ask you guys because uh, I had an interesting conversation about this earlier. Um, with as it pertains to Dwight Howard, you know, we saw uh, Terrell Owens and the NFL. He, I mean, phenomenal player, phenomenal wide receiver. Uh, deserves to be in that, that mention of, of some of the best wide receivers to ever play the game, uh, and he has the stats to back that up. But you know, towards the end of his career, he was just such a locker room cancer that teams didn't want uh, to bring him in. You know, Randy Moss was kind of this had that same thing where he was just it was just too much headache. Is Dwight Howard getting to that point for teams where he is talented, but he's just not worth the headache? I I don't think he's there yet. I think he's very very much on his way, and I like the T.O. comparison very much, and even Randy Moss. But here's saying Randy Moss goes, you know, New England trades for him. He keeps he keeps quiet, does his job, and has a record-breaking season to where even T.O., like, understand Owens never got a, you know, he he's a great receiver. He was, and obviously his stats show him, and he will be in the Hall of Fame. But Dwight Howard has really just absolutely done nothing and just had for him being as young as he is like basketball years he's still relatively young he's got you know quite a bit ahead of him if teams are willing to put up with him but he hasn't got to that point yet where he's just that you know where he's gotten old and he's done it all and been there and he's got the stats to prove it and show it like he's not there and I don't understand why he thinks he does is when he's a guy who he's gone through what like nine different coaches like anymore he's just a liability uh, as a coach, I wouldn't want him. I'd be like, no, 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 no. Do not bring Dwight on this team. Please, God, do not do that. <laughs> and I think he needs a coaching structure that he has not had yet. I mean, we can uh, – the Van Gundy incident down in Orlando over to the Mike Brown from last year where when he was in L.A. to Kevin McHale. He needs a solid coach and maybe somewhere like – and I'm not saying he should go there, but someone like Greg Popovich, Rick Carlisle – you know, the, the veteran coaches in this league that can control the superstars. Because if you look at what Rick Carlisle, me being a Mavericks fan, if you look at what, what Rick Carlisle has done in, in his time with Dallas, taking a bunch of nobodies, and now he's got all these pieces with the addition of Wesley Matthews, uh, Deron Williams, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Zsa Pachulia. He's got a bunch of big, kind of what used to be big-name players playing as a team there. 
And Dwight Howard doesn't have that, didn't have that in Orlando at the later stages of his career. He obviously didn't have that in the, with the Lakers playing behind Kobe Bryant, who's all about, oh, this is my team. It's not your team. I call the shots. Da 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 da. Everybody knows that Kobe runs the Lakers, not the head coach. So that that's where I'm th- thinking is he needs to go to an actual team team. I don't think Charlotte's the answer because they don't have the coaching stability there. And, you know, I don't want him in Dallas, but at the same time, it's probably better for his career to go to, either go to a team like San Antonio, Dallas, or maybe even over to Golden State. Oh, man, if he goes to Golden State, all hell will break loose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh, agree with exactly what Amos said, that he's not quite there at that point where he's not worth the the headache. that Because uh, he's still, you know, just size alone, you know, the ability to rebound block shots. Um, that You know, he has a size uh, and strength that is very rare, even at the NBA level, it's very rare. Uh, so he's still worth it right now, but he I think he is well on his way to that point where it's just – not worth it it's not worth having to put up with him uh all the time and you know you're only going to have him for a season or two before you know he starts uh you know feuds with the top players on your team and so i mean you just mentioned it with with harden but it's just everywhere he goes it's a broken record it's the same story uh he starts feuds with the star players on your team whoever else uh is on your team and and becomes a liability toward the you know you're not focusing on uh, the game of basketball, you're focusing on what, you know, all the drama that uh, Dwight Howard starts uh, behind closed doors. So I don't think he's there yet because of the talent that he has, the size that he has, but I think he's well on his way to that point. Because yeah, you don't have the hotheads in certain, on certain teams like you do in Houston, in L.A., you know, and it's not, I'm not even going to put LeBron in that conversation. I would have a few years ago when he went to you know, went from the, the the big re or whatever, but now it's just kind of like teams work together, and you've got them few teams that just want to have that. You know, they want to be the man there, and that's what it, basketball is more of a team sport than it is anything else. And that's that. That's what really bothers me well, about yeah. Dwight Howard. He picks these teams that he knows and he's he- not going to do well in, just to make a freaking news media out of it. Yeah, well, and the thing is, too, and speaking, <clears throat> going off Dwight Howard, but staying in Houston, is from some of the things that I've read is, or uh, James Harden is starting, well, from what I've read, is just kind of starting to follow, or somewhat being stuck in Dwight Howard's uh, snow trail, of just kind of be- becoming that player Dwight Howard, yep. too, because, I mean, I've read some things where he's becoming a person where players don't want to play with him, coaches are real iffy with him. I mean, as good as he was with Oklahoma City, they had no trouble, no problem getting rid of him. No, no, you know, just like, yeah, no, go ahead, take him. Call us in three years when you regret it. <laughs> exactly. But we're going <laughs> to... Uh, we're going to move on from basketball here uh, at the end of the show, 15 minutes left here, to talk about some other news uh, from around the sports world. I think this one uh, is a big one from the world of the NFL. I wanted to touch on um, Jared Allen rides off into the sunset, if anybody's has seen the pictures or, or whatnot. Uh, but he's, re- he's retiring. He's officially hanging it up. Um, this is a guy that's been – a joy. He's just—you can tell—he loves the game. He's kind of goofy, kind of a guy, kind of childish. But he's—he's 
He was fun to watch. He was a fun player. He was a very talented player. Uh, it's definitely sad to see a guy like this, uh, you know, go. I still have a question. Was he riding think... off into the – was that go a person ahead. like he was riding off on? No, was that a person like he was <laughs> yeah, riding off on? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was like yeah, in the it like that. <laughs> I think a big part of this for Jared Allen also came down to with the emergence of kind of Coney Ely in the Super Bowl and in the, you know, the playoffs, and especially with Charles Johnson returning next year. You know, you got Kwan Short, Star Lua Tule. And I, I think that because the Bears traded him for, you know, all right, we're going to get you. We're going to do, you know, you've been great. You've been great everywhere you've been Kansas City, Minnesota, here. Let's get you somewhere where you're going to be a, you know, you can get on a contender and we'll wish you the best of luck. Goes to Carolina. And I just think that to the point, especially with the broken foot, that maybe he doesn't want to put the work in, which I don't blame him. He's been in the league forever, man. That's a lot when your body It's 365 days a year. And I think another issue was, would was he going to go to another playoff contending team and be a starter and be able to make an impact? Yeah. Probably not. I will I will say one more thing on Jared Allen. I, I think it was more or less he had the opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. I think that was, I guess, what, not correct me if I'm wrong, that was his first Super Bowl, right? So that that's why he probably yes. decided, well, I played in it. I didn't get it. So maybe he, he goes – a lot of people can say they never played in the Super Bowl, so I guess that's why he figured I may not make it back, so let me just go ahead and get out of here while while I'm – you know, while I can. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think yeah, Amos brought up a good point. Uh, you know, with he's he's not the kind of guy that that you know he doesn't have the personality of a guy. He's not going to ride the bench. He's not going to come in and be you know kind of a role guy or or you know coming on third downs. He was he's a guy that wants to play that wants to be on third lot, and he's. I think he's just gotten to the point where he realizes that he can't be uh, the guy that he was when he was younger. He's played. Had an outstanding career, uh, yeah, an unbelievable career, and he just—it's—it's it's sad to see him go because he's such a character and so fun. I hope he gets into in, into the world of, of uh, announcing and analyzing because it'd be awesome to see him in a booth uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, an outstanding player, and a really funny guy uh, to to watch and to talk to. Always had good interviews, and just sad to see him go. He's a very easily likable guy. I completely agree with that. He is. And I think that's another thing, too, is even with the Super Bowl loss, like Rich said, with he seems, like, content that he got to play in one. He doesn't, like, yes, I think he's a very, very competitive guy, and I, I'm i sure he will think back on that Super Bowl saying, man, I really wish we would have won, as every player does. But I don't think it's a guy who you're going to talk to in 10, 15, 20 years and go, no, I, I think about that game every night of my life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Agreed, one hundred percent. All right. So uh, another thing that, real quick, I want to touch on. We move on to some other stories. If you guys got some stuff you want to touch on, but I just wanted to bring this up real quick. Uh, Coach K, there was some rumors about him not going to, to the Rio Games, but he is. He said that he's committed to uh, to coach the Rio Games. It's going to be his last one. Uh, he's been a phenomenal coach um, for the uh, for the U.S. Olympic team. Um, 
So just wanted to bring that up. Is there anything from the the world of sports you guys wanted to get into tonight before we call it a night? Jordan Spieth shot a 79, people. You know, I'm a PGA guy, and anytime there's a chance, especially with a big name like that, to bring that up, you know, it's it's not really alarming. And I know that we touched base on it a little bit with uh, the Phil Mickelson uh, giving away the uh, the pro-am last, uh, this past Sunday, but, you know, that they said that was his highest uh, over par that he shot in, I think, the last two years, so... But one thing to keep in mind, we are still in February. The Masters is still, what, 40-something days, or a little over 45 days away. So there's still plenty of time to get the, the early season rust worked out. But he has won on tour already once this year. So that that was just something to keep an eye on. Man, it, it is, I, 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 you told me about this earlier, and I, I kind of looked into it. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I play golf, but I'm not huge on the, the PGA Tour. So I kind of read up about it and stuff, and... He's an outstanding player, and it is, and you have bad rounds, of course. But I, all I could think of today is like, man, I would die to shoot a seventy-nine. <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I would, <laughs> I would write home to mom about it for sure. I, I don't think I've broken a hundred. <laughs> but like, I shot a seventy-nine. I, I would call Guinness Book of World Records if I shot a seventy-nine. <laughs> I think the lowest I've shot is like a one hundred three. I was like, dang. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it is. I don't think I agree with you. I don't think it's anything to worry about. He's an excellent player, and everybody has bad days. Uh, you know, and he's really young. I think that he'll be able to uh, to bounce back. Yeah, now uh, there is something that just real quick to touch on. I do believe it was either today or yesterday the anniversary of Dale Earnhardt uh, passing away in the last lap of the Daytona. 500 just want to give a you know big shout out to his family and always always thinking about him and it was i thought it was pretty cool that dale jr won his uh a dual one race on tonight too so probably a little bittersweet tonight for that family but you know obviously a big shout out and always thinking absolutely i mean one of the yeah i think that was today yeah one of the greatest uh we've ever seen behind the wheel uh Dale Earnhardt, uh, and you know, tragically uh, passed. My older brother is, is a die-hard uh, NASCAR fan, and yeah, he lived and breathed for Dale Earnhardt. And uh, I remember how hard he took that. And it's, um, it's such an awesome day, you know, for his son to win. Uh, you know, that dual one. Uh, he is an amazing uh, restrictor plate racer. Uh, to see him be able to do that um, on. On this day, it was pretty big, and that is a good point that you brought that up, Amos. Yeah, and uh, I mean, oh, the okay, other thing so I was going to touch on. What do you think about this? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, oh. my bad. Um, no, uh, I don't know if you guys also saw. Uh, I think it was there. I think it was today or yesterday as well. The PGA was celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Adam Sandler film Happy Gilmore. They had a bunch of guys on tour out there trying to do the Happy Gilmore golf swing. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I think every person that owned a set of golf clubs went out there. Just, just tried it once just to see, missed by a mile, or and then didn't try it again. <laughs> right. I remember being a kid and pulling out my uh, grandfather's golf clubs and just chunking the ground and swinging in the air like a wild man trying to get that shot down but it never happened it never worked out are you too good for your home <laughs> <laughs> now i uh because you you uh touched on coach k earlier and you know this being his last year coaching 
I really hope they put they uh, he goes out on top with another gold. I know he's only lost one match, and I think that was in what like 2004 against Argentina or something. And I really do. I know there's been some speculation that maybe he has some health issues, but he did say he was committed, and I hope all goes well for him, and especially during the summer. And I just I wish him the best. And on that note, I mean, once he retires, there's another very very great coach stepping in, and Greg Popovich to take over the U.S. team and. Uh, I don't think they'll lose a beat. No, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that. And, uh, and I, I mean, Coach K has done an excellent job. He's an excellent coach. And it, it's sad to see him step down. But uh, as great as Coach K is, I mean, at least we get Popovich. And more Popovich in the press conference because I love listening to that guy just blast people of the, the media. Uh, so... But no, two great coaches, uh, you know, not skipping a beat at all, I don't think. Uh, but Coach K, uh, just an amazing job, what he's been able to do with this Olympic team. And how happy is Popovich going to be? Like, I can sit my really good players and then still really have really good players on the court. This is amazing. This is the best job ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't you don't sweat too much when LeBron comes off the court when like right behind him comes Melo. You know, it's a, it's not that bad of a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> God, man, I watched that game. I think it was the last Olympics where I think Melo did break the record for the most threes in an Olympic game. God, yeah. everything he shot, dude, just hit. I was I was a little blown away. I'm hoping it's... to see another with some more uh, record breaking. It is funny when they play the the smaller countries that don't have uh, very good teams. Um, you know, this, you see like U.S. play Estonia, and it just it just reminds you of like you know those times in like gym class when you know all the kids that played basketball were on one team and all the kids that didn't know what a basketball was were on the other team. Just like that backyard slaughtering. Uh, I mean, it, those are fun to watch, but um, you know, he's done. <laughs> they're kicking it like this isn't soft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was going to bring this up real quick. We only got four minutes left uh, before we go out. I wanted to ask you guys um, about you know the world of soccer. We don't really get into soccer much. I think Neymar is like the only thing we've ever talked about on the show. His, the his troubles that he's going through right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but soccer's heading into a World Cup year. Um, so I wanted to ask you this: uh, Do you think? Uh, that we'll ever, in our lifetime, we'll ever see uh, U.S. make it at least to a championship game in the World Cup? Oh, I think I we'll see know. them win the way in the our men lifetime. Play, the way the men play, they cut all their, their stars. They got rid of Clinton Dempsey. I mean, it's like, why why would you do that? He, the first right, was man. Landon Donovan. Then We're Clinton way too Dempsey. talented of a country. <laughs> I don't know about if that, we promote man. the sport. Not, not soccer. Oh yeah, if we if if it doesn't matter, we have the best athletes in the world. It just needs to be promoted. It needs to become bigger in the United States. Yeah. And as soon as that moment, I mean, look at rugby. At one time, better. we were like in the top or the bottom of the rugby pool. Now we're getting like we're much much better than what we have ever been. I yeah, I think that it's I don't know. I've been thinking about this and part of like all of me wants to say yes, uh, because, you know, being like a patriotic guy and and loving watching America compete, uh, you know, in the Olympics and in uh the World Cup. And I you know, we've definitely I think we've gotten better. I think that if you look at the teams from the nineties that we had and the teams from the two thousands, there's a big step up. You know, America has played 
a lot better. But I don't see us ever, you know, there's so many teams that are just powerhouses. Germany, uh, Brazil, Italy, uh, Portugal, Spain, teams just that every, in England is, is one of those teams. Just every year they're just so, France, another one, just so good uh, that, I, I mean, to be able I think that for America to do it, it would have to be an off year for like most of those teams. It would have to be one of those years that you just got no stars for Italy and and Germany and uh, all of those teams that I mentioned. But there's so much talent in the world of soccer, and it's such an international sport. And it's not—I mean, it's not a big American sport at all. No, but if we put half the money that and devotion that we put into our American football into soccer, no doubt in my mind would we win. Oh, I think that you're right there. I just don't think that that's ever going to happen. I don't think that uh, football's ever right. – I don't think, well, I mean, now, I don't yeah, think that, basketball will ever get as big as football. You know, I just – I mean, and that's the second most popular sport in America. Football in America is just untouchable, I think. Right, yeah, no. That's, I mean, that's a big part of it is there would have to be a lot of sponsor, a lot of, you know, devoted businesses and stuff to get the right training for these guys and – to help, you know, bring up their production and to develop them. And, like, no, if it stays like it is, no. But I think that the bigger it gets, the further we go, even if it's just little by little advancements. If we can get to – I don't think it would have to be half. If we put a quarter into it of what we do American football, I think we'll be all right. All right, so hopes up for America that we can put a good showing out there. Um this uh, coming summer, they're going to be playing in the World Cup. Uh, so hopefully we put a good showing out there. So that was uh, that's all we got for tonight, guys. Um, of course, remember tomorrow night, they're doing the, Rich is doing the free-for-all show, as he mentioned at the beginning of the show. It's 252-621-2065. Text in all your questions, all the stuff that you want to uh, hear Rich talk about uh, tomorrow. Um, send it in on Twitter, send it on Facebook, uh, you know, or, or tweet or text us in uh, so he has all that stuff for tomorrow night um, at the same time same place there were yep and real quickly there were I think there was a few Easter eggs hidden and for those that don't know what Easter eggs are uh, kind of spoilers kind of not showing future programming of the Walking Dead that I want to talk about tomorrow night so like I said if you can catch on what they are definitely send the text in I may be able to hit you up all right, thanks everybody for listening tonight, uh, and you'll have Ridge tomorrow night. Of course, uh, all the shows beginning again on Monday. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. You have a good night. All right, have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. 